You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. What does it mean to help those whose convictions are different from ours? Find out on this message by Pastor John Del Rosario. I'm so excited about this. Our series is called Authentic. Can you say authentic? And we're teaching out of the last third part of the book of Romans. Romans is easily one of the, my, my favorite books in the Bible. And if you're here, you know me. You probably say that. You say that about all of the books in the Bible. Well, it's really my favorite for now. Okay? So Romans, it's really oh, his, his systematic theology, Nini Paul. The last part is, is where we're focusing. It's very, very practical. And who among you are loving our series so far? Can you lift up your hands? Okay, that's around 20 of us. That's a good number. Okay, I'm hoping that you are not lifting up your, your, your hands because your heart is aching. Okay? Because it really cuts to the flesh. And studying scripture, uh, particularly the last three weeks, including this one, it really ministers to us first. The, the gospel is preached thoroughly in our hearts first. And hopefully, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, God would be able to preach to you even through weak words like ours. So let's uh, a very, very quick review. I'm trying something out. Um, if, if you're here for the first time, uh, I, I don't want you to be left alone. I left behind, this is our third week of four, uh, four-week series. I'm going to use some pictures uh, to, to summarize the first two weeks. So f- first week, we talked about submission to authority. One clear um, picture, one clear trait of a Christian is recognizing that God appoints and anoints every uh, leading authority figure, even the non-Christians, even the non-Christians. Even those who aren't doing their job honorably as civil servants do, yes, even them as well, accomplishing His will. They're really like this turtle on a pole. You could hear the emperors of Rome, look what I have done. Look, you need to worship me as God, really? You can't do that. Someone put you there. God put him there. You could say that of every tyrant, of every, of every president, of every, of every Mussolini, and Saddam Hussein, and Muammar Gaddafi, everyone fulfills the role that God played him to do. He's really a dog on a leash. Right? Tyrants are dogs on a leash. And I assure you, this will never happen. God is more involved than you know. God is more, um, more, more in control than you realize. Nothing ever happens outside of His control. He never relinquishes control. Jesus is the one who reigns. Amen. He, he's the one who rules and reigns as Lord, God, and King. And He uses governing authorities as His servants or His agents to protect those who are righteous. So we need to, in honor of Jesus, we need to honor those people that he put in authority. Second, we need to pray for them. Repent of a fervent prayerlessness when he called us to a ferocious prayerfulness. Then we need to obey the laws of the land. That's week one. Week two, we are not just called to be a part of, 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 uh, of a citizenry. We are called to be in society as well. Okay? We're not just called to be part of a nation. We're part of a, a barangay, a village, a neighborhood. We need to be part of this as Christians, as authentic Christians. Not only do we obey the laws of the nation, we need to participate in the life of the nation as well. I know for sure that you don't live in a house like this. There are no houses like this. Okay? That's a castle with a moat around it. And there are many ferocious animals in there, like, like uh, maybe snakes and lions, maybe, swimming. Okay. But... You might not be living in something like this, but in the spirit, you might as well be. The flags are out, the banners are out. I'm a Christian, I live here. But don't come knocking because I'm, I'm not interested. They never see you around. You never come out of your lunga. Yeah. Is this you in your neighborhood? This should not be you if you are an authentic Christian. 
Christians need to initiate. Can you say initiate? Someone needs to initiate and that's, that's not going to be them. We need to be the ones doing this. We need to be salt of the earth, light of the world. Do you know what salt is? Yes, salt. Salt, if there's one lump of salt here and there's one dead fish here, salt preserves the fish and arrests decay. But if it's just six inches apart, it's not going to do its job. It needs to be in there. Can you say in there? We Christians, for us to be salt of the earth, we need to be in society, in relationship with people. Eh? We need to find out what their, what their frustrations are, what their aspirations and dreams and prayer requests. Everybody has prayer requests. As Christians, we need to initiate and be in society in this way. Are you tracking with me? We are a city in a city, interspersed in the city. We need to be in contact with the city, loving the city, not conforming to the city, but we need to be in the city. That is week two. Week three continues this love your neighbor theme. Loving your neighbor in week three. Today, we're going to be talking about loving your neighbor in Christian community like this you see around. Next week, we're going to be talking about loving your neighbor, especially the people who have yet to hear of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, the scope of, of our message today are the people. Who are the people who are weak in faith? First of all, they are in faith. They are Christians. They're not wrong in faith. They're not unbelievers. They're weak in faith. So who do you think of while we're talking about this? The people that you're going to be talking about it loosely but safely are the people that you see in the services around you, the people that attend the, 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 the victory groups and the events that we hold here in victory. These are the people that we are called to be in relationship with. So as we dive into this, let me tell you that in every sphere of relationships, even in our country, there are disagreements. There are disagreements. It's, it's really us, uh, the sinful nature in us, wanting to put our own preferences up front before anybody else's. It's the natural bent on things because we are sinful people. So you see disagreements in politics. If you have a TV and you have news, you know that you know that there are disagreements in politics. Of a nation, between nations, it will never run out. The day that that stops is the day when Jesus returns. There are, uh, in economics, in business, when money is involved, all the more disagreements will be present. CNN, even the local news. Show business, entertainment, kabayan kapuso. Some people are watching this and they have nothing but wrong to say about the other disagreements in all arenas of life. There are also disagreements in matters of faith, in Christians, because of our sinful nature. Okay? So when we talk about the things that we disagree about, I want to present to you two things, the essentials and the non-essentials. Let me explain. The essentials are the things that make Christians Christian. The things that are in Scripture that if we believe, if we understand the implications of, we become Christians. If you don't, then you're not a Christian. It's, it's that simple. Okay? There, there's a list of that, but let me summarize it in this way. Christians believe that Scripture is the perfect, inerrant, timeless Word of God. And we base all that we believe on Scripture. But it's written by man. Yes, it's written by man and written by God. It's, it's old. It's not old. It's timeless. And there's a difference. Timeless, because it's timeless, it's always timely. Scripture, essential. Second, Jesus. Jesus is the uh, one person in the Trinity. He's co-equal, co-essential, co-eternal with, with the other two members of the Trinity. Okay? And the other thing that we need to understand about Jesus is that he's 100% God and 100% man. 
by, by this, he has this work. That's the person of Jesus. His work is that he is God in the flesh who lived, died, and rose for us. That's Jesus. We need to understand who Jesus is as attested by Scripture. Lastly, salvation. Hey, we live in a country that call ourselves Christian. And you see how, how things are so off and wrong outside. Just step out that, that door into the mall and onto the street. Many things are operating in sin. Hey? And we use the word Christian for our nation. We are a Christian nation in Southeast Asia. So you now, you now come to a conclusion correctly that we use that word Christian very, very loosely. Hey? This series is about taking, from, taking that definition from a loose the loosest sense of Christianity to the authentic kind of Christianity. Salvation is by grace through faith alone. Salvation, we cannot accomplish it by ourselves. The Bible says, Ephesians 2 verse 1, In our sins, we are drowning without rescue. We're dead. It assumes the worst possible scenario. And Jesus has to accomplish a rescue mission. That is by grace. He gives it to you as a gift. By faith is we need just to understand. So these are our essentials. If you have confusion here, maybe, just maybe you, you need to, to, to find someone to explain these to you so that you can be sure that you are authentically a Christian. Essentials. Wars are, are fought over essentials. Eh? Wars are fought over boundary lines. But if you are Christian, now there are the non-essentials. Non-essential is a, an, an, an in-house discussion. Imagine you and your brother or sister in the same family having a discussion, a heated discussion. That will never negate your, your being brothers and sisters to one another. They're non-essentials. They're secondary issues. And these, my friends, are the things that we argue about. Okay? And there are things that are, that are acceptable. Okay? Uh, they, they are open to, to interpretation. They are in Scripture, but they are open to interpretation. Sometimes they aren't in Scripture because the context isn't there. So we deduce with uh, sanctified minds, we come together and decide what is our stand as a church. Thus, we have denominations. There are Presbyterians and, and, and Evangelicals, and then there are Episcopalians, and then there are so many different groups of Christians. Having the essentials the same, there are Christians, but having the non-essentials different. And it's fine. It's fine. Here in Victory, we have a certain set of, of doctrines. We, we, have the, we, we believe Scripture is perfect. Jesus is Savior and salvation is by grace, not by works. We are the same as every other Christian in, in the world. But the essentials, we believe that uh, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit have not ceased. It is still continuing right now. We believe in tithing right? and, and everything else. Though they are disputable matters, they are matters of conscience. We won't talk about denominations today. Just giving you an FYI, what we are going to be talking about are the things that you find in your life down at the personal level. Let me tell you a, a few things about this. You know about the NIV, Necessary in Victory. Eh? NIV, uh, for, for the longest time, we've used this um, Bible. And a lot of you are asking, why not use it? We would have loved to use it. But uh, if you would just do a little research on that, they have phased out 1984. It will be out of publication anytime soon. So if we would want you to have a good hard copy of the Bible, the NIV won't be around for too long. And the NIV 2011, is, it's too far from the NIV. And the, the, the apostolic team of, of which our dear Pastor Ariel is a part of, they have decided, put their heads together, and said, might as well check 
what other translations there are. So we came up with the ESV. A year or so, it'll be available like, like really, really easily. You know that the NIV has received a lot of criticisms and a lot of flack. Yeah? I don't know if you're aware of that, but some, some people are saying the NIV is not really the Bible. It's, 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 uh, it's not a Christian Bible. The, the translations are all wrong. You know what I think? It's receiving flack because it's the Bible. Any kind of Bible, any translation is going to receive any flack. Matter of conscience. Matter of preference. You hear about this, the message, and some of you are probably already pushing back. A pink Bible, a Bible can't be pink. A Bible can't be waterproof. The Message Bible, so many of you are haters of the Message Bible. And there's even a remix version of this, the Message Remix. How does that sound? Let my people go. Wake, wake, And a lot of people are saying, God, man, so many different corruptions of the Bible today. The ESV, I've read through the, the, the Message, I've read through, through the NIV, I've read through the ESV, and they're really, we need to accept them as what they are. They are gifts from God. Okay? We can't hold a position that my version is the only version, so I'm Christian and you are not. That's unchristian in itself. Okay? And so many people are pushing it to the super edge. Okay? That unless you have the King James Version 1611, you get the, re- you get the year right. Unless you have this, this is the only authorized version. If you can read it, it's so hard to read. I've read through the New King James Version. It's, uh, some, some, poetic, uh, some scholars are saying that they, they do the best job of holding the poetic nuances of the, the, of the poems in the Old Testament. That's great. But you count them as gifts and not, uh, and not have a stand that I'm superior because I have this particular kind of version. Okay? Food, because of people usually starting reading from Genesis, they get to Leviticus and they get to chapter 11. Ah, hindi pala pwede yan. No more dampa. Okay? Cancel the birthday party at dampa. Okay? We'll get to that in a little bit. Some people, because of preferences or maybe church bias, ecclesiastical bias, when they have pastors like Pastor Ariel and I and Pastor Ryan who preach the Word of God, handle the Word of God the best that we can, but we're in jeans, we are disrespecting the Lord. Unless we are wearing something as, as, as formal as, hello, it's the Philippines. It's 58 degrees outside, maawa naman kay sa amin. It's, it's practical for us to dress in this way. If we're in Boracay, we'd probably be in board shorts and we'd still be Christians. Okay? So, there are many more. I have, I have a friend who, who used to watch mixed martial arts, UFC, and he doesn't now. Because he says, how can Christians beat, beat each other up? But then he, 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 he bought a big-time ticket to just to watch Manny Pacquiao. And what's the difference? And they're boxing to it. And that's different how? It, it, it's, it's preference. Another is uh, you can't use the word, uh, what, what words you use. You can't use lucky anymore. You can't use uh, pot luck. You need to say pot bless. Oi, pot bless. Why pot bless? That's weird. That's weird. Tapos yung mga ano, yung, yung language of the word, the, the world. Okay, it's, it's usually starts with ch Anyway, uh, what can you say? What can't you say? What lingo can you say? Are you relevant if you're using it? Or are you conforming to the world when you, where you're using it? Do you see where I'm coming with this? It's preference. Are, these are matters of conscience. Next, what do you engage in? You're a Christian. You, do you engage in playing cards? Okay, do you... Do you engage in gambling? You putting in your money so that hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll multiply. Obviously not. Do you engage in bingo? 
Bingo is putting in your money and playing a game, hoping that it multiplies. Diba? Are you a Christian if you still play bingo? It's a matter of preference. When you're a Christian, you shouldn't, be, you sh- you shouldn't invest in life insurance anymore. Why? Uh, your faith owes you of little faith. Okay? God can provide for you. He will, he will ensure that you won't die ever or something. Right? Of which you will say to the other person, and then don't put a spare tire that has air in your car anymore. Because you have to have faith that you'll never have a flat tire. For that matter, don't put gas. God can make it run or nothing. <laughs> it's preference. You need to be coming from somewhere. And hopefully that somewhere is coming from common sense or logic. So here's our problem. Our problem, are you still tracking with me? Our problem is that we, because of our sinful nature in our flesh, we are insisting for our own opinion to be elevated to that of divine status. This is God's preference. Not in my Bible, it's your preference. I'm trying to be loving here. I, I love this chapter because it cut my heart first. We are compelled to impose to other people's consciences the convictions that we have. And that, by definition, is not Christian. As we read through the, through the scriptures, you will find that there are weak people and there are strong people. And it's not what you have in mind. We will define it this way. Strong people are more mature. Weak people are less mature. We won't call them immature because that's unloving. We won't call them mature because in Christianity, maturity is something that you never really arrive at, right? We will get mature when we see Jesus face to face. If I ask you, um, lift up your hands if you're mature. When you lift up your hand, you just show that you're immature. You can't win. It's something that you can't really arrive at. But as a Christian, it needs to be our orientation. It needs to be our goal to be mature. It's not something that we say of ourselves, mature ako. It's something that we let, we, we let others say, that guy's maturing. That guy's mature. He's, he's growing more and more, acting more and more, speaking more and more like Jesus. He is maturing. Do, do you get this? Strong and weak. More mature, less mature. So the questions that we have. Obviously, we, we have disagreements. How are we as Christians to handle disagreements when it comes to matters of faith? When we see people who are less mature, obviously they're doing something not accurate to what Scripture would say. Do we help them? If not, why not? If yes, how do we help them? These are the questions that we're wanting to answer with Scripture today. Could I ask you to stand on your feet as we read from Scripture? We're going to be reading two verses only that will summarize what we're going to be talking about today. We'll read from Romans 14, verses 1, and we'll jump to verse 3. Let me read it for you. Verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Verse 3. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. And by that we mean God has welcomed them both. Can we pray? God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have made us Christians without asking of a high requirement from us. As a matter of fact, you did not ask for any. You qualified us and you welcomed us. I pray for grace to be able to understand and receive what you would have for us tonight so that we may live new lives that will represent you well. We pray all these in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. Let me give some context with with this and and for this, okay, can we, ano, 
just we'll take it line by line and hopefully you will learn uh, you will find that sarap pala magbasa ng bible amazing to read scripture it just takes need some work but everybody can do this romans 14 verses 1 to 6 as for the one who is weak in faith again weak in faith they're baby christians they're not wrong in faith they're not unbelievers they're weak in faith everybody started off as a baby christian nobody ever said i'm a christian and i'm strong and i'm mature right Anybody who's able to drive here was able to, to, one day, you weren't able to drive. The next day, you were able to drive already. You, you can't. Nobody was born to be a driver. There is always a time that I can't do this. I need to grow in this. Same is true with Christianity. Everybody starts off as a weak, uh, a, a weak Christian, weak in faith. Welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. We'll get to that in a bit. Number two, one person... Uh, verse 2, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Here's the situation. They are, obviously, they're in Rome because this is, this is Romans. Right? The Jewish, they had Jewish backgrounds. So you, if you read the Old Testament and the Le- Leviticus, there are dietary laws. You can't eat this, you can't eat lampa, you can't eat pork, you can't eat blood or dinugaan. Right? Because these are unclean. But now that they have uh, understood the gospel and its implications, they've read what Jesus said in, Ma- in Mark 7, that all things are good to eat. First Timothy 4 says, God didn't create anything that is not good for you to eat. Right? So they're, they're practicing Christian liberty and thanking the Lord for it. Right? And here, 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 here's the thing. Um, there are still meat offered to idols in temples that are not Christian. Okay? And then, when, when the offering is done, there is surplus, and they want to sell and make a profit from it. So outside of the temple, there are stalls to sell these kinds of meat, and they sell it so much cheaper than the marketplace. Okay? So the people are saying, the Christians, the old Christians, are saying, wow, this is such a bargain. This is good meat, and this is uh, 50% off. It's good meat that's not offered to idols because idols are no gods at all. No harm, no foul. So let's go and buy food and we can eat it. The young Christians who are still of, of uh, Jewish practices are saying, that can't be right. They can't, that can't be, we are identifying with the false idols. And that is their situation. Some are saying, I can't eat meat because it's sold, it, it's been offered to idols. I'm going to eat vegetables. This is the context here. Verse 3, this is what the Lord would say. Uh, through Paul. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Um, I was once a, a young believer. And uh, as every year we start our year off by having a se- seven-day prayer and fasting. Sino yung sumama na sa prayer and fasting? Okay, if, if you've never experienced that, we're going to have something else in uh, July, a three-day prayer and fasting so that you can uh, try it out and, uh, and, and see what God does in your life. So prayer and fasting, when you, when, you, uh, when you pray and you fast, you expect God to meet you at the point of your need. Okay? So when I was fasting, um, when you're fasting and I'm committed to a liquid fast, and the goto has uh, tokwa and baboy. Okay? So what I do is I need to set it aside. No, I, liquid, liquid, fast, liquid, fast. Set aside the goto, set aside the, the meat, and I would eat it. Okay? And, and my conscience is delighting in that because that's in my underdeveloped, misinformed conscience, convictions, I am worshiping the Lord with that. Some people would look at that. You don't need to do that. That's immature. You're legalistic. 
Okay? This is what it's talking about. Okay? The, the, the old people are despising the one who abstains. You're legalistic. You don't get the gospel. Look at me. I'm eating. You know, you know how it goes. That's despising looking down at them as inferior. The other one is saying, huh, I'm just 15 days in the Lord. You are 15 weeks, 15, 15 years in the Lord. I have bigger faith than you because me, I'm liquid fast. You, you eat two meals a day. And, and that's even fasting. And, and you're passing judgment. Siguro backslider ka. Siguro you're not committed to the Lord as I am. This is what's happening. We are wanting to see ourselves better than the other. And, and the Lord is saying through Paul, this is not becoming of Christians. Verse 4, Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Is it before his own master that he stands or falls? And he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. There is one master, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and he accepts both the mature and the not yet mature. For example, you have a, 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 an office and you have a, a secretary. You're showing your friend around. You have a business. You're running a business. You're, you're, you're um, promoting a product. And, and you have a, a, uh, an executive secretary and he's doing the things that you're wanting him to do. Okay? And he's, he's looking at Facebook and, and you're showing a friend around. So this is our office. This is where we do this. And this is my executive secretary. And then he sees him doing Facebook. Then he starts criticizing him. I mean, that, that, that guy's not doing his job. See, I'm here, you're here, you're his boss, and he's doing Facebook. He's social not working. Hey, are you, are, are you going to stand up for this? You think you should fire him? He's not worthy. What will you say? You're the master. You're saying, who do you think you are? I'm the master. I'm the one who hired him. I'm the one who told him that we need to be in social media because that's where majority of the people are pushing their products. The servant answers to the master. Jesus is our master, and we are not in a position to judge one another for what is acceptable to God. The Bible says, if you're a mature Christian, you're a young Christian, if you understand the gospel, you are welcomed by God. Are you, are you following me? It's not just food that they're arguing about. One person esteems one day as better than the other, while another esteems all days. The one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. The motivation of the one who eats, who practices his Christian liberty, is to honor, to, to love the Lord, to, to express his gratitude to the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. The one who abstains naman, with a not-yet-formed conviction, he abstains to the honor of the Lord because he wants to give thanks. They're coming from the same place. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. We need to, to, to have love with one another to make room for young Christians to grow without us being in, the, in their case all the time. I, I once had a, um, a counseling with, with a friend, and he had a bad um, childhood with his parents. And pardon me for saying, for saying this, he said, I don't feel like I have parents who love me. I feel like I have a principal for parents. No offense if you're here and you're, you're a principal or a teacher in an educational um, institution. These are his words, not mine. I feel like he's on my case. He's always watching me to make a mistake. It's a tense situation. So as children, every one of us had been children. What is the, the, the situation that we all prefer? You want somebody correcting you, waiting for you to make a mistake? May hawak-hawak na kidlat, tapos tatamaan ka ng ganon? 
Or would you want someone who would just foster a, a, a relationship of love and enjoyment and, and, and spending time with you? If you're like me, I would prefer this one. I would prefer to be loved. And when I am loved, I am in relationship, my heart would open to correction easily. If you correct someone with no relationship, offense would happen. So this is Jesus' command. This is how we would put it. John 13, verse 35. By this, all people, a watching world, paying close attention to you because you told them that you are a Christian. All people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, this is how we are to be known. We need to be known as people who walk in love. Generally, a Christian community needs to, be, to have a reputation of being a community who walks in love. So there are three points that we, that we uh, glean from the text. First point. How do we help? How do we help those who are weak in faith? How do we move in love as we do this? First, we welcome the weak in faith. We get this from verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Okay? Um, another translation would say accept him. Okay? But a lot of people would probably use that to say accept him just as he is. No, you're going to love him, to, 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 to welcome him, knowing that there are things that you are, are probably going to be used by God to correct in this person's life. Not now, maybe later on. Okay? These are the things that you need to be waiting on the Lord for because this is a privilege that you would want. But for now, you welcome Him. You, you welcome Him into a loving relationship. Verse 3, the last part. For God had welcomed Him. Who are we to not welcome somebody whom God has already welcomed? God has not put up um, uh, requirements for, for them to be accepted by God. And we are doing this by putting forward our preferences for them. For example, the, the, the message translation. Okay? The message translation, if someone would, uh, if you've read the, the, the message translation, it's very, very easy to read. Many people are not readers. Many people are not into the Bible. And I, I've, I've learned many people that, that I've done one-to-one with, they are like this. They don't read. They don't read the Bible. They they're, they're not readers. Then uh, they, they get their hands on the message Bible and they start reading. But, wow, I, I can chew this. I can understand this. It's really actually good to read. Some people who are just so um, wanting to put forward their preferences are saying, what are you reading? That is not a Bible. The message, it's, there are lots more better Bible. That is, my friends, not loving. That is not becoming of a Christian. The message... It could be worse. He could not be reading. At least he's reading scripture. You know how a Christian would, would, would do this? Sige, basa ka lang. Basa ka lang ng basa. Kailan ang birthday mo? Um, next month po. O sige, maybe bigay ako sa Bible. Just bless the person. Love the person. Rather than put your preferences forward. Romans 15 verse 7. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. You know, Matthew 7 verse 12 talks about the golden rule. The golden rule is what you want others to do to you, do to them. It benefits you. And that's a fine rule. That's a good rule to, to live by. This is better. This doesn't benefit you, but the motivation is so much higher. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. You understand the gospel. This person doesn't have to perform for you to, to earn your approval before you can welcome him. Welcome him into the family of Christians. 
when you are Christians and, and people look at you, experience you, they need to be saying, there's something different about this gang, this group of friends. I don't know if there's a God, but if there is a God, they know Him because what they're doing, it's loving, it's not natural, but I'm loving it. We need to have that reputation. We need to be people who live good and do good, who have a reputation of being great doers of good as Christians. And we need to be people who love one another. That's our first point. Welcome the weak in faith because God had welcomed them. Second point is this. Do not be a stumbling block to the weak in faith. A stumbling block. I'm going to jump to verse 13 for this. Let us decide never to put a stumbling block in the way of a brother. Verse 14 is very, very interesting. He says, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Paul agrees with the strong. He agrees. Oh, nga, their convictions, they're young. Their convictions are misinformed. Their convictions are not yet developed. I know you were right. They're wrong. Are they wrong? It looks like it. So aren't we going to correct them? There's a time and a place and a season for that. For now, we need to love them. We need to give them some room. We need to give them some slack so that they can grow and establish a relationship with God. The most unloving thing that you could let them do is to gain their, to get their convictions from you and mirror you. You need to encourage, cultivate an, uh, uh, a loving relationship between you two so that you can encourage a relationship, a personal relationship between he, him and God. Look at this again. Let, let, let me read it. I know and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. That's curious for me. Okay? So it's unclean. Okay? But we can eat it because we have Christian liberty. It's not about what you eat, what you drink, what you do. It's what Jesus has done. But for them who thinks it's unclean, it is unclean. Hayaan mo, let them not eat it because they're doing it to worship the Lord. Okay? Let, let me explain something to you. There's this thing called conscience. Romans 2, 15, 2 verse 15 says, It bears witness. It is a moral compass in us that gives us an idea what is right and what is wrong. Generally, the rule is for us to follow our conscience. It will always lead us away from sin. So generally, you cannot go wrong by following your conscience. So here, here's the thing. Mature, I have a conscience. My conscience says it is good to eat. Another person says, my conscience, it's unformed, but I'm doing it to, to, to love the Lord. It's not good to eat. I started reading the Bible in Mark, in, in, in Genesis. I reached Leviticus. I haven't gotten to the New Testament yet. I've gotten to Leviticus saying, there are food that, there are food that if I eat it, I don't worship God. Okay? It is, my conscience says that not to eat. Okay? The most loving thing for this person to say, to do, is to have him obey his conscience. To obey what he thinks is right. You following me? The most unloving thing is for you to say, you know what? You're being a legalistic. Ito, kain ka, kain ka. He would follow you and not his conscience. And that is a very dangerous thing for us to train other people to do. You won't be helping this person in the long run. You need to have him as he develops his trust in God, develops his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. He needs to be able to say, I have a conscience. I need to follow this. And mature Christians need to act maturely by saying, that's good. Encourage mo lang. Encourage mo lang. You will come to a time that you will understand this and we will eat together. But for now, do as your conscience says. This is what it's saying. Verse 15, For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Christians need to be walking in love. 
This is what it says in to. Sarap, di ba? Leviticus 17 says, we do not eat the blood because the life of the creature is in the blood. Okay? So, kanya-kanyang preference yan. Are you, are you gonna eat dinuguan? Or are you not gonna eat dinuguan because your conscience says it's bad for you? It, it doesn't work. I, I personally, I don't eat dinuguan. Pag walang puto. <laughs> I mean, who eats dinuguan without puto? It's, but it's kanya-kanyang preferences. Right? I'm not gonna say to somebody, nye, 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 I am free, you're not. I have black teeth, but I'm free, I'm happy, you're miserable. That's unloving. If someone would say, na, ano, and if someone would say, Nde, I worship the Lord because uh, it says in the Bible, and I, have got, I haven't gotten to the New Testament yet, and it's, I'm convinced that it's not, it's not healthy. You know what? He has a point there. Yeah? If you have a conviction that if you really want to eat as Jesus eats, I have a book that says that, you'll be healthy. If you avoid the things that, that Leviticus 11 av- tells you to avoid, you live healthy. Just don't do it in a way that I'm earning salvation in this way. Okay? So it, it's not uh, uh, an accident that people are, are allergic to shrimp and, and, and crab. Okay? Because it's not healthy to eat. Okay? But if you, if you understand the gospel and its implications, knock yourself out and eat in dampa. Romans 14 verses 3 and 15 don't put a stumbling block. Last point, you are no longer walking in love. We need to be walking in love. First Corinthians 8 says the same thing. Hopefully you would understand it after that long explanation. Food will not com- commend us to-, to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. It's not what you do. It's not what you eat. It's not what you wear. It's not what you say. It's what Jesus has done. Verse 9, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Verse 12 says, Sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience. When it is, it is weak, you, mature, strong guy, you sin against God. So when you call yourself mature and you're doing this, you're just showing the world how immature you are. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. Um, this is a... a, a uh, how do you interpret this? Okay? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, so glorify God in your body. Uh, you, you know some people who are serving. I have friends who are here and they're, they're tatted up. Okay? They have tattoo and their conviction is it's, it's fine. They have, they have Matthew, they have the, the, the book, whole book of Leviticus in their arm. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, it's their, con, it's their, uh, no, it's their conscience. Eh? And they interpret this as saying, I just watch what I eat and I'm fit. And there's someone who is 70 pounds overweight and would say, you know what? You're not honoring the Lord with your body. Look at me. I don't have tattoos. Uh, funny, I interpret that by eating well and being fit. You don't have tattoos, but you're 70 pounds overweight. It is a matter of preference, a matter of conscience. We need to love and coexist with what our, our consciences would have us say because they are non-essential. They are secondary. We need to be able to live as friends because we are Christians. How do we do this? We need to not be a stumbling block to the weak in faith. Last point is this. We need to build up the weak in faith. It doesn't just end at accepting, welcoming, receiving. We need to one day, okay, one day, I'm saying, God, here I am. Use me. Might not be now, because the most loving thing is to, to just accept. Introduce him to our home. Tell him, that, show him how Jesus is honored in our home. 
One day I'm going to be telling you about the gospel. And one day I'm going to be telling you about, about foundation for victory and victory weekend and one-to-one. And let me bring this to you. Romans 14 verse 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Okay? We need to build up the weak. Pero sandali, ang sabi, mutual upbuilding. Hindi, I'm strong, he's weak, I'm building him up, he's not building him up. It's saying, when you're acting in this way, you're, when you're acting in love, you're built up in your maturity as well. The weak is built up. You, who you think you're weak, you're being built up to maturity as well. I think scripture is amazing. Romans 15 verses 1 and 2, just to cap everything off. Um, this, this proves the last point, but this is really a summary of all three points. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, welcoming them, accepting them, and not to please ourselves. When you're being a stumbling block, you're, when you're flaunting your Christian liberty, you're really just doing it to please yourself. We are not to do that. Verse 2, let, us, let each of us please his neighbor for his good. To build him up. We are to build him up, not to destroy. That is what we do when we put forward our convictions and preferences to divine status. We are not to do this. The best way for you to build someone up is discipleship. Say discipleship. Discipleship is helping other people follow Jesus as you are following Jesus yourself. In response to Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20, go and make disciples of all nations. Our movement has uh, put together a discipleship journey that is systematic, that is easy for anybody to follow. Because a lot of us are probably mistaken that maturity comes over the length of time in church. Now, this isn't at all wrong. Hindi naman siya maling-mali. Maturity comes over the length of time in church. You might be here your, your 10 years. You might very well be strong. You might very well be, be mature. But for you to be mature, you need to not just be part of an audience. Maturity comes over length of time in church community. And this is how community looks like. Small is big. For discipleship to happen, for building up to happen, you need to put yourself in a position that you're going to be risking to be known. There are people praying for you. There are people wanting to win your friendship, earning your trust. You need to say, they mean me well. They have my best interests in mind. I'm going to give it a try. I owe it to myself to try it for three months. And I think I'm talking to a lot of people here. I think you owe it to yourself. This is our, uh, our uh, movement's uh, discipleship journey, or the four E's. Four E's, engage, establish, equip, and empower. Let me just put forward three main ways that you can grow in your faith grow in your understanding of the gospel, and grow in maturity, becoming strong. First is one-to-one. One-to-one. Here are the contents. A lot of times we're, we're saying one-to-one and you don't know what it, what, what it, uh, uh, what's in it. Here's what's in it. The essentials. The things that make you Christian. talks about salvation and lordship and repentance, baptism, devotion, church, and discipleship. Next is Victory Weekend. You hear it. We're so serious about this. We do this 11 times uh, a year. And you're probably saying, ito na naman. Nag-space out na ako every time na nag-aanong sa Victory Weekend. Pero they're so serious about it. They're doing it so often. I might be missing something. You are missing something. Because this is presenting the, the gospel in its entirety. This will change your life. Victory Weekend. If you've never been, just go to the concierge. We always have sign-ups for the next Victory Weekend. 
makes an opportunity for us to make a, a decision, a, a proclamation that we are now in good conscience with God because of what Jesus has done for us. Lastly, foundation for victory. You know this, and every one of us are wishing that we could go here. This is uh, Pisa, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's a tourist attraction. It's rather old, 1500s, and it's rather elegant, and it's rather strong and mature, but it's, ra- it's attracting attention for all the wrong reasons. Some Christians are here, you think we're mature, but we're, we're, we're acting in a way that we're attracting attention, and we're attracting it for all the wrong reasons. We should not be uh, people who are living in this way, that a watching world would say, Christiana siya, eh, but ganun. Foundation for Victory will help us. I have a, a point for us. It is a class, not like a, an, an audience. It is a classroom in Pastor Sunny and all of the pastors. It's an opportunity for you to interface and get to know the pastors as well. So these are our points. How do we help? We welcome the weakened faith. We do not be a stumbling block to the weakened faith. And lastly, we don't end in welcoming. We build up the weakened faith. And our main point to end us tonight, the way we love the less mature is a gauge of our own maturity. Can I ask you to stand on your feet, please, as we pray? I really want to pray for a couple of groups uh, tonight. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that cuts to the flesh, cuts to the heart, that you are strong enough, that you're able to minister through, even through weak words. God, I thank you that you have been ministering to weakness generally tonight. Many of us think that we are strong. But more than anything, you have been putting a finger on the hearts of, of, of every, every person here and that is squarely on weakness, regardless of how we think. So God, I pray that you would minister as we worship you in song, that you would minister in a way that only you can in the hearts of my friends today. We worship you, God. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.